0: Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment.
1: And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is usually not longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So I am getting to a place that is very exciting in the development life and life cycle of this big version 5 update of Pedometer++ that if you are a regular listener to the show, you will know that I was like, I don't even know, like, you know, dogged my steps for months now. I think I stopped, started working on this maybe in November of last year or something, October of last year. Like essentially once I got my sort of new update, you know, iOS 16 updates out, this is all I've been working on, this big focus. It started off as like, oh, I'll just adopt live activities. Like that was what this sort of started with and ended (laughs) with. I have completely rebuilt the entire um, user-facing part of the app, like it makes me think of you know when they, Apple talks about with their like refurbished products, where deep down on the inside there might be a part that is still you know sh- shared, but anything that a user can touch is completely new. Mm-hmm. Like that is essentially what I have done to Pedometer Plus Plus. Like I've just taken all of this really really old Objective C and UIKit code and replaced it all with Swift with Swift and Swift UI. Um, it's amazing by the way, like as a, I I just, as a difference in velocity and feeling when I'm going in and working on stuff now, it's amazing. Like I knew this day would have to come at some point because my old version was just so old and creaky but anyway. i know
0: how you feel <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at least i know the old part of how you feel i haven't yet yes. gotten to the amazing new paradise that you're in now
1: <laughs> at, at some point you i'm sure will get there uh, yourself but i will say getting here um, and getting to this point has been a bit of a journey oh no it's been yeah and, and i mean mostly in good ways mostly okay. in
0: you're scaring me a little for my journey
1: <laughs> well i think it's it's the reality of something like this is that it is, you know, it is never going to be an easy thing to take, you know, an existing app that has lots of functionality and lots of things and rewrite them into something new. But the end result of it has been really positive And it's been really cool. But and specifically, and the thing that I think I want to talk as useful potentially to unpack on this episode today, is generally speaking, when I sort of want to tackle something like this, if you imagine, I mean, and it isn't just a rewrite, like, There's all kinds of new features. I have a whole new workout mode. Uh, I have live activities. I have maps on the watch. Um, I have action button support. Like there's all kinds of features that I've been doing. And if you conceptually were to imagine working on, you know, this big update is, you know, there's this big sort of – pantheon of features that I could be kind of starting to work on. And I imagine them and write them down. I'll put them in my reminders list. I just have them in my head. And when you start working, you start kind of breaking this down into smaller and smaller tasks. You start working through them kind of sequentially, or you pick a feature and start working on it. And that was the sort of my process for the last several months and it took a lot longer because I kept adding things to the list where I'd be like, Oh, you know, I'll just leave the, the settings screen in objective C. That's fine. I'll, I'll just leave that there. And then I reached the point that it's like, Oh, I wanted to improve dynamic type support. And that's really painful in the way that I'd structured it in UI kit, but it would be trivial in Swift UI. So instead I'm just going to rewrite the entire thing in Swift UI um, and like that's the, you know, so, so the, the to do list has continued to extend, but thankfully you reach a point where the, instead of, you know, the to do list reach, has reached its maximum point and then starts to condense back on itself. And you start to feel like the end is close and you're kind of getting there. And the situation that I ran into that I think is sort of an interesting thing cognitively is I reached a point where I noticed that there were one or two sort of tasks left on my to do list that I had kept Putting off. Like, I knew I was putting them off. I knew that I should be working on these things. I knew that I should be doing this, but I kept putting them off, putting them off. And they're just like, you know, i just find something else to do. Sometimes it's busy work. Sometimes it's actual work, but I kept putting these, these particular tasks off. And specifically in, in pedometer, it was this sense that I had built all of this really, I think, nice workout modes and live activities and this mapping stuff for the watch and for the iPhone. And I built a lot of it in prototype apps or separate apps or in you know things that worked, but only in certain circumstances. And what I needed to do is kind of do this big integration step where I take all of these disparate parts and actually sort of actually tie them all together so that it works in an app. And I kept putting that off. And I think I was having a conversation with a friend about this, about kind of like why I was having this feeling of stuck. And he said, like, well, what you need to do is, you know, it's like you need to get yourself into a situation where you can work on that and you can tackle this big project. And you know, essentially, what I need to do is go on a um, which is a concept or a term that, uh, if you're a listener of the Cortex podcast, which I'm sure you are, if you listen to this, if you, you know, if you have good, good, ta- good enough taste to listen to Under the Radar, I'm sure you have good enough taste to listen to Cortex. But um, in the Cortex podcast, CGP Grey talks about going on these cations, which are like work retreats. Opportunities to go somewhere separate to do, you know, for the purposes of work. Um, and not necessarily like a work trip insofar as like going to WWGC or going to a conference or something like that, like a traditional kind of work trip, but a trip that is typically just entirely by yourself. Or if you worked with a team, I imagine with your team, but it's about a change and a shift in mindset rather than necessarily activity. Like, you know, you're still working, you're doing your main thing, but you're going somewhere for the purpose of working and kind of allowing your brain to get into a different place. Um, and for me, I was finding what I really needed and why this was the, the right solution to the problem that I was facing is in order for me to tackle this task I knew and like, you know, at least some part deep down inside of me knew that what I was going to do is essentially like I was saying I have to disassemble like the entire app and then put it back together again. Like I had all these parts and it made me think of like if I've, I've never done this, but I imagine I've seen, you know, sort of videos of people doing this where they like are working on an engine and they need to fix something deep inside of it in, a, in an internal combustion car. And so they have to like completely disassemble everything. Fix the thing and then put the whole thing back together. And like, that's what it felt like I needed to do. But instead of being able to like order in, a, you know, an orderly fashion, lay out, you know, engine parts on the floor of a, of a garage, instead I was going to have to like lay out all the parts in my brain and like hold them in my working set and like keep them there for whatever, you know, however long it took to put this all back together. And, That's what I needed. That was the difference that I was putting it off because in a normal day, like a normal eight hour day, I didn't have enough time to accomplish the task. Like the thing was probably, you know, it ended up being maybe about 20 hours of work. And so what I needed is to take a, to change my mindset such that i could you know i'm no new interruptions are coming into my brain no new responsibilities no anything it's just all work like my brain is just 100% supporting and focused on this work task until it is complete and so i did that i went essentially you know, i went on a great occasion in, in this case and specifically i stayed home for this like I, I rather than going somewhere just logistically that was getting too complicated and you know I, I love my you know i have my studio display and my desk that i like and my chair that i like and the logistics of, of transitioning somewhere else was just getting too complicated but instead what i did and it actually worked way better than i thought it would potentially is you know i had a conversation with my family and said you know i'm gonna go on a Business trip essentially. I'm gonna go on a graycation
0: I'm going on a business trip to the basement.
1: <laughs> yes. I'm just going to go to my office and I'm not going to, you know, interact with anyone else for the next you know two and a half days, basically, is was what it ended up looking like. Like I might be downstairs to get some food. I might, you know, you might see me around, like go into the bathroom or whatever, but like I'm not here. Just like pretend that I don't exist. It's not rude. You know, if we, we sort of were both on board with this, like we were all under, had a, had an understanding about what this was going to look like. But I'm not going, you know, if something's happening, if it isn't like emergency level urgent, like it, if it can wait, then it will wait until I like get, you know, I come back in terms of until my um, work retreat is finished. And, you know, my wife was super supportive of this. My kids were super supportive of this and it worked. Like I just spent, you know, essentially two and a half days working and other than like i slept you know maybe six hours in the night and i did like an hour of exercise to kind of keep myself going mentally and you know drank a tremendous amount of diet coke and coffee but like <laughs> and it was i mean it's which i will say this is not a sustainable thing don't view this as like oh anytime you know i should i should be doing one of these like you know at one, once a month it's like no this is like a once a year like break glass pull lever kind of scenario because you are it is brutal on your brain like you know, don't think that this is just like an easy thing to do, but if you, you know, in the right circumstances with the right preparation, super powerful. So can recommend the Cation. It got me over the hump. Like I was able to take, you know, essentially take the app completely apart, put it back together with the workout and mapping modes integrated inside of it. And like it got me past that point where suddenly, rather than having this big barrier that I kept having at the bottom of my to-do list, like I moved that out, had the you know remaining few tasks to knock out after that, but like this huge blocking thing that had been kind of just like this big stumbling block in front of me was finally gone.
0: It's it, you're kind of inspiring me because I I've, I've been actually talking with my family about possibly doing one of these soon myself, um, although I'm not quite ready for it yet, but. But this is this is really uh, a great idea if you can swing it with your family because I mean like you know modern life it's like the the more the older I get the more I'm trying to cram into each day and I keep having all of these different things I want to do or interruptions from just life you know uh, or or whatever it is and, or, or I'm task switching you know well it's, I'm I'm coding and I'm also recording podcasts and I'm also doing you know other projects and. And so it's so hard to get large blocks of uninterrupted time when you want to do a lot, when when you want to have different aspects of your life. You want to have, you know, a, a solid family life and you want to have multiple projects and you want to have like, you know, health and, you know, exercise for yourself and everything else. Like it's so, it, it, it's just so hard to balance all of these things and also give yourself large blocks of time to work. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like the 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 full-time job world i mean to whatever degree they i mean they have they they come with their own sets of interruptions like meetings and (laughs) more meetings and constant (laughs) meetings you know that's that's its own set of interruptions but the you know at least the full-time job world you are you are forced to for the most part go to a place every day and be there for a long time and so it it makes it easier to have those large blocks of time you know, out of, out, you know, by force. And then the rest of your life oftentimes is challenging to schedule and, and to fit and to balance, but it, it forces you to like cluster all the other things in your life to, to you know, the, the mornings and evenings of each weekday and then the weekends. Um, whereas indie life, I find, I've, this, is, I, this is something I've always found very challenging in indie life. I have always had a very hard time balancing my, my time management and giving myself large blocks of time. And, and it's not, you know, and people might think like, oh, it's it's all about like interruptions. No, it's really not. Like that's that's some of it, but it's mostly just myself. Like I have a very hard time like not running off and doing something else <laughs> at any given yeah. moment. <laughs> you know, like, you know, not like, oh, hey, the dog is crying. Let me go take him for a walk. You know, like, like I have a very hard time not doing that or like, hey, you know what, As as much as I'm, you know, in the zone right here uh you know i i'm going to have a workout in an hour so i better go prepare you know you know move the living room around to do that or whatever there's always something like oh hey oh so and so just came into town let me go say hi to them maybe get some lunch with them like you know just there's just there's always something and to actually take this time you know we've talked in the past about how valuable it is during WWDC to kind of give yourself that whole week to to quote go to the conference even if you aren't actually there physically um and even even if there's nothing to physically attend anymore um you know to give yourself that time to say all right this week my only job is to watch these sessions and go to these labs and read these docs and whatever else well that same concept applies to work as well like, to regular work you know like like what you're describing here where if you can if you if you can like get away from it all and block off time where all you're doing is that that one task, and you tell yourself, even at the beginning, like, look, this is going to be an additional burden on my family or whatever. So it better be worth it. I better spend this time wisely and actually do just this task and get it done, and and not wander off and say, hey, well, let me play with Mastodon apps or whatever. Like, there's there's always like, you know, there's always something you could be distracted by. But if you can, if if you assign this time to say, this is what this time is for, and I am I'm reserving it. I'm blocking it off. I'm getting my family to support me in this. That is very valuable. And that is something that y- your day to day life it will never create blocks like that. And so when you have something really big to tackle, uh, I, that can be extremely valuable.
1: Yeah. And I think there was definitely something that I noticed in myself, too, that t- sort of towards what you're saying is I think the, like, in a, the best positive sense, like the pure pressure of it, of like, I'm, th- this time is having a cost, like in so far as like, I'm not seeing, you know, my kids and my wife who I love, and I'm not doing other things that I might otherwise do. And, you know, I'm putting extra burdens on my wife to have more responsibilities inside the home as a result of this. Like, it made the time feel precious and pressured in a good way that I felt much more motivated. And I think, Specifically what you're saying, I think so often I have a tendency of if I run into something that is difficult, like something that is, you know, a hard, you know, sort of hard work, it is easy in those moments to sort of bounce off of it onto something easier. Mm -hmm. And that can be easier work. Or it could be just easier, like you know, exploring new Mastodon account, uh, apps, or going for a walk, or you know, getting a snack, or whatever it is. Like it can look lots of different ways. But I think you know, my brain is a, a you know a sly little little you know F machine that just constantly wants to avoid hard work, and so I have to be careful with it in terms of making sure that I don't let it just sort of always try and avoid things. Cause eventually you have to face up to the, you know, the task or the thing that is difficult and is hard. And I found in this situation, this approach really meant that, I mean, it was not an, it was some of the most sort of challenging and nuanced programming I've had to do in a while to like take all these things and fit them all together again. But it was like, okay, I'm just going to keep going until it's done. Like, there is no, there is no alternative to that. There's no, like, oh, you know, hmm, maybe I'll just put this off and deal with it another day. It's like, no, this gets, you know, like, we settle all scores today. Like, this is going to happen. Um, and it wasn't to say, like, I did it, you know, straight through. I did, you know, I used the strategies of, like, you know, take a shower, go for a walk to think about it. Like, there's lots of things that you, if you get stuck on a, pro- there's a difference between getting, like, stuck on something and needing to, you know, let your brain process the problem and versus the, Having your brain avoid the problem because it's hard, because it's difficult, um, because you know it's going to be sort of cognitively unpleasant. And so I think that pressure that it created was definitely, you know, not something that was very powerful in pushing me through, you know, the things that I would have otherwise potentially just like bounced off of.
0: We are brought to you this episode by issue. If you post content on your website, share it to Instagram and send it to your clients, But then fine, posting your content to your channels includes reformatting, resizing, redownloading, reuploading. You need Issue because then you can create once and share everywhere. Issue is the all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital content. From marketing materials and magazines to catalogs and portfolios and so much more. There's no need for endless scrolling through PDFs. Issue features your digital content in an easy-to-view way on every device. You make it once and can distribute it everywhere without reformatting. Your content is automatically optimized for engagement and ready to share, which saves you so much time. Issue works seamlessly with the tools you already use and love, like Canva, Dropbox, MailChimp, InDesign, and more. Content on Issue can be published as public or private. Uh, Private can be only people with a shared link can view it. Public content will be available for your audience and it'll be available for others to discover on the issue platform. So the platform also provides statistics on how your content is being consumed. So you can learn more about your audience with data on impressions, clicks on the content, duration spent reading, pages viewed and more issue helps creators marketers designers and really anyone who wants to make content that stands out get started with issue today for free or sign up for an annual premium account and get 50 percent off when you go to issue.com slash podcast and use promo code radar issue is spelled i-s-s-u-u so it's issuu.com slash podcast and use promo code radar at checkout for your free starter account or 50% off an annual premium account. One more time, issue issuu.com slash podcast promo code radar. Our thanks to issue for their support of Under the Radar and all of Relay FM.
1: So I think the other thing that kind of seemed worth talking about. So I've you know gone on this greatcation, you know, I've gotten through these hard problems, and it has now meant that I'm at an interesting place in my development cycle that I think is just worth mentioning. And if, if you you know are a long time follower of my work, you'll be aware of this concept. But just like two hours before we started recording, I put up a sign in my office, right underneath my you know right underneath my. The monitor, just like with some masking tape on the back, it says no more new features. It has two little ships on it. Um, and it's a big day for me. It's exciting. And I'm going to explain why that's so important for me because why it's so exciting when I get to put up this sign. And this, the reason this sort of had to, I found myself having to do this is in the nature of development, in the nature of working on new features, of doing big updates like this, inevitably, I have ideas. I have ideas for things that I want to do, for ways that I could extend this, for ways that I could make the app better. And that list of ideas is functionally unlimited. Like the more I work on something, the more ideas I have, the longer the list gets. But if I sort of constrain myself to... You know, if, if, I don't constrain myself to some point having to actually ship this app, take it, you know, out of my eye, out of my head, out of my Xcode and put it into the world, like, I'll never get there. That list will grow indefinitely and it will be like, you know, like I'm just never going to get there. And so I have found that i what I have to do is at some point I have to draw a line in the sand and say, this is it. No more new features. The app is good enough for version, whatever it is. In this case, version 5.0 of pedometer plus plus is good to go. It's ready. I can take this app. It has enough features. These features are great. Any ideas or things I have that are beyond this are going into the next version. And that doesn't mean that it's done. And I think this was the, this was the key insight that I had a few years ago about why, you know, happening up this side and having this mindset shift was so valuable is because what doesn't mean that the app is done. It means that all of the features it's going to contain are done. But now I enter a different phase rather than the development phase where I'm creating new things and adding things, now I'm in the polishing phase. Now I'm in the phase where I'm going to go through and I'm going to continuously just use the app in different modes, try it on different devices, use it in different languages, do all the different things that I'm going to do. Use it with voiceover on, use it with dynamic type giant, use it with dynamic type small. Do all of the different modes to stretch out the application. Um, and is as, and, and as a result, find lots of bugs, find lots of issues, find little you know, things in the app that could be better. And this gives me a time, like it's probably going to be about the next three, four weeks, I would guess, of just this, like, you know, endlessly polishing. And it's like, I'm, you know, in, in woodworking, you imagine, you know, you start with the, you know, the big, rough sandpaper and eventually you're getting down to like the super fine, very gentle sandpaper. You know, you're almost like, you know, polishing it with just like linen at the end where it's so soft, but it means that you can just get that absolute smoothest surface possible. Like that's the mindset that I want to get into now. And that kind of work is different than the like initial work where I'm just sitting there with chisels and hammers, like, you know, bashing away at things. Um, and so anyway, it's an important part in this process of saying like, no more new features. Put up a sign. I have to, I do physically have to put up a sign <laughs> under my monitor because if I don't, I will cheat and tell my, you know, self, oh no, this isn't a new feature. This is just like a, like a, like a variant on an existing feature. Um, <laughs> and so I, I need to constantly remind myself that no, you've said to yourself, no more new features. If it isn't a polish, if it isn't a fix, it shouldn't be, be being worked on right now. Um, and so that's where where I am and it's something that I found is in- dramatically increased the quality of my apps because taking the time now where I'm I'm you know intentionally just going to be polishing means that things are actually polished rather than it being this awkward te- you know thing where I would find especially on like the the summer work between WWDC and you know iOS's release where I'd suddenly find myself like you know it's like a week before iOS 16 and I just need to like ship whatever I have it's like, that's not good. I should have, you know, at the end of August, I should have put up a sign that says no more new features and just spent a week or two just polishing things, finding bugs, dealing with things. And it means that my launches have subsequently, since I sort of went into this mindset of no more new features, has been, you know, my launches have been so much less stressful because so few bugs relatively. Found That, like, I've given myself enough time and enough opportunity to really get in there and find all the issues, find where the little gremlins, you know, deep in my code with weird modes are and can fix them rather than, you know, finding out that they're in there when when a customer runs into them for the first time.
0: That's very admirable. That, you know, that that takes a level of discipline and structure that, frankly, I don't have um, and I never have. Like I, for me, like my 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 release schedule is more like I work on something for a while, I get it into beta, I test it in beta for a random seemingly amount of time, and then one day I wake up and I'm like, you know what, I just gotta ship this thing, and, and I just submit to the app store, and there's and I basically submit it to the app store whenever I'm tired of it being in beta, like depending kind of kind of irrespective of how ready it is. <laughs> and and that's kind of and I, I know that's not how I'm supposed to do things and I wish that's not how I did things but that is how I've always operated. Um, it's just like I'm tired of this not being released. I'm going to release it, damn it, and that's it. Um, but but your method I think makes a ton more sense and is much more like mature and professional. Um, again, I wish I could work that way, uh, but yeah, that's <laughs> that's very admirable. So I, I I so obviously you know this is going to be you know presumably coming up and going to the app store fairly soon like when do you know that y- you're ready to submit it
1: i mean i think that is a i think that is the part similar to what you're describing in your model where there is a point where it is more just instinctual it is more just like the the, the nature of the bugs i'm running into and the issues that i'm having you know it's sort of they change in sort of qualitatively, if not necessarily quantitatively. Like there's a different kind of issue if I'm spending my time working on like tiny alignment issues where like, huh, you know, this button is actually two pixels off where it should be. And I'm going in there with Xscope, like measuring stuff and like doing those kinds of things. You know, I think there's a certain amount of just experience that goes into it. And this is where I think, you know, your method is likely not as problematic as... Superficially, it might appear, because it's being done by someone who's been doing this for you know over a decade, and you have a sense of what's going to come back to bite you and what isn't, and you're not you know you're less likely to ship something when it's not in that state. Um, And I think for me, it's how do I know it's ready? Is that sense of. Has it been in this process of polishing for long enough now? Are the kind of issues or the feedbacks I'm getting changed sort of from this, you know, big issues, big problems, you know, the kind of thing that back when I used to have a jobby job, whatever, 14 years ago, they would talk about as like the show stopping bugs or like you know, there's like level one bugs and level two bugs and all these kind of things. Like you get to a point where none of your bugs are these like show stopping issues that would, you know, make the app crash. There'd be data loss. They would prevent the user from using one of the main features of the app. You know, it's like if you don't have any of those anymore, if you've tried it in enough situations that you're confident that, you know, any data migration or data changes are going to be you know, successful, like you just reach this point of comfort. And then it's like, huh, yeah, no, I think today's the day. And then I will have the same kind of like, there's a slight whimsy, whimsicalness to it of just like, yeah, today's the day. It goes to the app store. Um, but I think it's, it's more, it's like, I need to give myself the time to take, which is like, take one step back before I go into there to make sure that I have enough perspective to see the issues rather than being so lost in the forest that I can, you know, sort of for the, for the trees or the trees for the forest, whichever way that metaphor was supposed to go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, Cause like I, and, and part of it I, I think is, is, you know, is, uh, kind of alleviated by, you know, we're not burning CDs to ship to a store. We're not like burning cartridges. <laughs> you know, like yeah. we—if we ship something—that doesn't mean we never work on it again, or and we never have the chance to fix any bugs. Like shipping something just means, all right, this version is good enough for most people to have it, uh, and then you know you can always change it later. You can always fix it later. Which I, I recognize this is not—you know this this is not a universal good. That there are downsides to that dynamic, of course. Uh, but I think the upsides outweigh them generally uh, in today's modern world, especially where things are much more complicated than they used to be. Um, so so I think that's it. it like, I, I try not to let perfection hold me back from shipping, um, which is its own topic for a different day. But but um, again, I, I think that's kind of, you know, my, my less disciplined approach does have that one advantage of like, I will ship something on a certain, you know, a certain rough frequency just because... I will need to like, I, I, I just, I will just yeah. get the urge. I got to ship this thing, you know, whether it's ready or not. But, but certainly I, th- I think your method is less likely to have to do like catastrophic uh, emergency point one updates immediately afterwards.
1: Yeah. And I think there's definitely that element of it, but I think the other part that I just wanted to reinforce is it is also a way of disciplining myself around finding the point where it's enough features like this feature, is has enough things going on it'll be enough it's enough talking about it it's actually a good thing to hold back some features so that they'll have subsequent things to add to the app and it's a way of saying this is enough and it has these you know i could just ship at that point but be, the the quality benefit of waiting a couple of weeks is, is certainly there but more important for me is this means that i actually ship this means that i actually will take this thing and not just keep working on it you know for another month because I, inevitably i could have more features add more things it could be more and more but it wouldn't necessarily be better
0: thanks for listening everybody and we'll talk to you in 2 weeks bye